This podcast may contain adult themes and triggering topics. Please be kind to yourself if you get triggered by what we discuss. Also, this isn't a substitute for therapy or counseling. Please listen to the appendix at the end for some of our recommendations for resources that will help you find a qualified mental health care provider. Now, we take you to a time in the near future where emotional abuse has been appropriately deemed a crime and the survivors find a home to reclaim their lives and freedom. This is Haven, and these are the stories of the Reclaimers. Percy, over here. Wesley, great to see you. I hope you don't mind. I invited Dana and Topher. Not at all. Happy to have anyone you need here. Uh, what is here? What, what exactly are we talking about today? I'm running for president. Oh. I've got a fantastic campaign manager and an amazing team behind me. But I need to steal... Not stealing if she wants to go. Really? I was so worried you'd be angry that I was leaving. I'm sad. Definitively not okay that the Haven's losing you, but absolutely needing you to live your life. Go do your magnificent things. Yeah, I heard someone say that once. I think the whole world heard it. I made sure they did. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, y'all are cracking me up. Wesley, you've got to tell them why I'm here. Dana, I don't want you to just join my campaign as chief of staff. I want you to join as liaison to the coalition. The coalition? Topher's coalition? Yes. If you agree, you'll spend a few weeks with him training. Then we'll have you come on board with my campaign HQ in Georgetown. Unfortunately, Percy, this means you're going to have to find a replacement for her immediately. My goodness, you're thinking tonight. I need to find a telepath. That saved so much time just now. Think of it, I could dictate tasks from across the building. (laughs) All right. All right, Wesley. If I didn't owe you one. I'd owe you one for introducing me to Dana to begin with. I'm getting that anxiety, Dana. You're going to be fantastic in your new role. Agreed. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too, Percy. And the Haven. I've loved working here. Oh. You'll be back. Percy and Feeney moved my office closer to there, so I'm going to be in residence here for the foreseeable future. <laughs> oh, hey, would you like a job? I'm looking for a new chief of staff. <laughs> <laughs> you can't afford me. <laughs> the Haven has a pretty good budget, thanks to some senator out of Texas. Yeah, I don't charge money. I charge in eclairs. Oh, then you're right. I can't afford you. The eclairs are all mine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sass. I, I know you've uh, got to run to the debrief now. I'll meet you over there. Dana, you brilliant unicorn. I wish you every possible success. Wesley? Don't go trying any of that coercion on me, Doctor. I'm immune to your manipulations. <laughs> Ooh, too soon to joke about that? Not even. Happy to have it be referred to as the joke it was. That's what I like to hear. See you, Percy. Bye. All right. Good. See, I told you she'd be all right. That's only one part of what I'm anxious about. What's the other part? I need to show you both what Percy got earlier this year. Now that I have clearance, the president granted me an exception. The president? What's she got to do with... It's the remains of the 13. You're certain? Yes. Percy wanted the president's team to confirm. Percy, when did she get this? On the heels of her probation. She surrendered it immediately. Got me to send it directly to the White House. Percy... 
Why didn't she share with... You or Feeney? The president asked her to keep it on lockdown. And? Me too. I didn't know what the package contained until the president sent it back. She wanted me to give you the findings immediately so you could talk them over with Percy. Does... Uh... No one else knows. Oh, my stars. What? Sure you're not a telepath? <laughs> no, just just really good at my job. I'll say. Hot dang, am I glad to have you on my team. Wesley, I'm going to read you in on this one. You don't... Uh, have clearance? <laughs> yeah. Well, this has just become a matter of coalition oversight. If Percy might be adversely affected, I'm at liberty to make decisions about that so long as it's... Properly uh, will recorded. you start, I'll a start a civics with, with the president's, president's office? office. <laughs> really good at your job, huh? You're not as unpredictable as you think you are. Good point. Wesley? I already added her to the call. <laughs> predictable, huh? <laughs> Wesley, you're going to want to state your whole name, for the record. Now, what am I going to do? Ask me to record the call and send it to Percy when you're done. I'm speechless. She's going to be relieved. Wesley Lynn. What? My full name. Can we start this already? I've got a campaign to launch. He just nodded and said that we should leave it in Sonia's hands. You told him you were certain? I did. I told him about her terror, and he was just... What's that emotion? It's shame. I feel ashamed. What makes you say that? He didn't say the words, but he had this moment of thought where... What? He doubted what I was sensing from Cora. He quoted a paper we argued about back at Johns Hopkins when we were getting our PhDs. What was the paper about? It... Oh, I can feel all that anger I felt then. It's so quick, like it's been with me ever since. So much for being an emotion-stopping superpower. The anger is about the paper, or the anger is about the argument with Feeney? The paper. And the argument? Feeney had a different reaction to the paper than I did. Why do you think that's the case? I was triggered. He caught onto the trigger, but it felt invalidating. He invalidated you? Oh, no. I'm sort of. That's unusual for Feeney. Isn't he typically validating? Yes. How did you put it? Dynamic and supportive? Yes, he is almost always that. What made this different? The paper was about how survivors of physical assault tend to withdraw from possible closeness during their healing. And Feeney disagreed with that? No, he agreed with it. You disagreed? I don't disagree with the research. Fine, that sample had tendencies towards distrust after experiencing an assault. What I disagreed with, and still do, is how the paper described the distrust. It was as if the paper was saying that all survivors are suddenly terrified of all possible contact, and so survivors can't be trusted to see clearly. What's Feeney's argument with that? It was so odd. He... He said that Mama Jane was often too scared to let him go places or have friendships with people who were still in contact with their abuser. He said that he wasn't able to get to know his cousins on his dad's side because of it. And as a result, he felt lonely and isolated. He was reading the paper through a treatment lens as a way to help Jane overcome that fear. But he wasn't seeing the lens of invalidation that you were experiencing. Yes. What does that have to do with now? 
when I brought him the concerns I had about Reed. He may have suggested that I was seeing abuse in every corner of my life now that my abuser had been convicted. I can see why you felt invalidated. Oh, it got worse. He asked me if I distrusted him. Because clearly I did if I thought Feeney wouldn't be able to see through Reed. I'm getting the pain and anger. Yes, but there's also... I'm here, Percy. Why did you say that just now? We've been tracking this line of thinking for months. You've been working so hard to reorder your thinking about abandonment and trust and intimacy. And even in the midst of concerns about your best friend's safety and your abuser's sudden reappearance, you're in here with me, doubling down on a very painful feeling of isolation and invalidation. Read me. You want me to know I have support? Yes. I very much want you to know that. I'm grateful for that support. And? When I first got back from winter break with Dawn, Feeney was so busy with this social life he'd created while I was in this lab with my abuser. And even though Feeney had no idea what was going on, I felt like if I ever took the time to explain it to him, he'd understand. Did he? Understand when you told him about it? Yes. I remember sitting in that Senate hearing room with the light streaming in all around us and the look on Feeney's face. Nina, he was so happy that I was sharing with him. He was radiating all this contentment about being close. And I thought, this is what's been missing. Me being authentic with the people in my life. Like my disclosing somehow validated my, like it validated me. I felt seen by Feeney and Addie. They could know everything about the maze and the demon and about living in hell. I didn't have to hide any of that anymore. I'm getting that warmth and comfort that must have been so healing after years of cold isolation. It really was. But now, I'm back to the isolation Addie is distant because she's worried about my abuser's broadcast, and Feeney? Feeney's just trying to keep his head above water. I feel selfish even thinking these things. What are the things that are selfish? Let's give them a little daylight. What if I'm as codependent as my abuser said I was? That I can't be happy unless I'm pushing my emotional needs on other people? Feeney's clearly not doing well, and here I am whining about feeling isolated. All right. What if that? What if that's all true? I... I don't know. (laughs) Would it make you any less worthy of love? Would it mean that Feeney shouldn't want friendship with you? Would it mean that the abuse you endured and all the feelings you suffered to control and keep hidden... Would it somehow invalidate those things if you were codependent? I get what you're doing. Of course you do. You get it because you've researched and fought for every line of curriculum we use at the Haven. You know all about how codependence is often used to negate survivor experience. Codependence is used as a reason for ignoring survivor's pain. Like you being codependent is equal to your abuser's cruelty somehow. Percy, you know all that. You've written papers about the after effects of that messaging. 
You co-authored the literal book on healing from the gaslighting that often surrounds a label of codependence. That's very true. So even though you've written all of this, you're still struggling to combat this conditioning? Right? What does that say about me? I think it says more about the level of conditioning you were dealing with. Thus far, we've covered a lot of doubts. Doubts about your trustworthiness, doubts about whether or not you can safely approach boundaries, about whether or not you're healthy, doubts about your ability to be a good friend to Feeney. So many doubts. And in all of them, I can't help but notice that you don't doubt others or the way they used you or failed you. You're focused on doubting your own involvement in all of these different scenarios. I, I want so much to deny that. But when you string them all together like that, I, I can see the pattern just as clearly as you describe it. And even then, even when you doubt yourself, you deserve to feel supported. You deserve to hope that your friendship with Feeney with, will outlast any temporary setback. You deserve to be validated for what you learned while enduring the abuse. You deserve to have someone stick around even when you're careless. You deserve love, Percy. Whether you're codependent or not, whether you're completely healed or not, just as you are, you deserve love. I am not really sure how to respond to that. Then don't. We'll let it hang in the air like, like fireflies or stars or swirling reflections of the moon. Or maybe even like water lilies on a pond. Monet. <laughs> Topher said he told you about that. <laughs> he did. And from the bundle of warmth and joy I'm getting from you. You can read me. You like visuals because they help me imagine myself in a space of comfort and healing. Monet is my healing pool. Where's your space of comfort and healing, Percy? The auricular. And that's not safe right now. You need validation, so we need to find a temporary alternate. Temporary? Oh, yes. I have complete faith that whatever is going on with Feeney will resolve. Wow. Caught that insight. Would you like to share? I hadn't realized until you said that. I've been doubting. Hmm. Doubting. <laughs> yes. Before now, I was doubting that Feeney would want to stick around. And you worried that might be permanent? More than worried? Percy, I'd like you to try addressing the doubt by looking at the fear underneath. You're doubting your ability to hold on to Feeney. What's the fear associated with that thought? I'm afraid he doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> Ugh, I sound like a... Like someone who misses her friend? Like someone who just wants love and companionship from a trusted person? You've got me there, Nina. All of that is true. I'm getting the tired. Let's stop there, shall we? Yes, please. I need to give myself space to think, to rest. I'll plan on our same time next week. Thank you.
I'm glad to hear it. Luis deserves a forever family. When will they move him? Oh, in the next month. Jeanette took your recommendation to transition slowly. Build up time with his adoptive parents. And Luis's abuser? How is he? He's, uh... I heard that, Percy. Heard what? What did you say, Sass? It's not what she said. It's another jab about my defending my father. Refusing to let her have the final say about his character. I'm not maligning his character, Feeney. He abused you. And every time we talk about Luis, you get very critical of his father, but you won't accept that your father did more. Worse, even. Oh, that's good. Let's compare traumatized survivors to see who has a bigger claim to suffering. I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to get you to recognize... You know what? You're right. That was the wrong path. We agreed that I wouldn't push here. I just can tell how deeply everything is affecting you lately. How much you're trying to just... Trying to what? He's blocking me, and I'm concerned. Your concern is noted. Are you? Blocking her? Only when she talks like that. Where is this anger coming from? What did I do? Is it about lying to you about my abuse still, or... I'm not angry. You're saying it like it's something I am instead of how I feel. So you do feel angry. Stop trying to manipulate me. Vini, I'm not trying to manipulate you. I'm just trying What? What? Hmm? You know, you really can't be obnoxiously bossy, you know that? Kiddo, that... that was harsh. Yeah, well, you're not in here with her, listening to her thoughts all day, every day, hearing her shame you for... Nope, never mind. I don't want to just... It's fine. I'm sorry for the outburst, sorry for what I said, just sorry for everything. Phoenix, you're so clearly going through something right now, and I don't know what it is, but I can't help you unless you tell me. I also can't stop doing something that's hurting you if you don't tell me what it is. Say the word and I'll stop. I know I can be pushy. And I know that lately whatever I used to do to help isn't. I know I'm not helping you, but I really wish I could. And I never intended to shame you for anything. How do I support you? I want to fix this. Uh, Fix me, you mean? Now hold on there, Dr. Phoenix. She didn't say that. Of course you take her side. That makes perfect sense. Feeney, kiddo, there are no sides. I'm going for a walk. Alone? Yes. He blocked me. He blocked you? The auricular. (laughs) He's not in there. What did I say? Nothing. Sass, nothing. Not a thing. He's in a world of hurt that he doesn't understand. I'm just trying to trace what could have possibly caused this. He seemed to be doing better over the past week or so. We had a really good session with Rosie and Ben, and then... Did Jeanette say anything to you? No. But then I I haven't spoken with her. Will you? Please? Of course. Tell friends... I'm so scared. We've had fights. Bad ones. But he's... He's just withdrawn to his side or put up boundaries, of course. But he's never left the auricular altogether. How am I going to help him? You stay right here, Sass. You keep yourself safe. And you just stay here. That that was sudden, right? He was just out of the blue angry? Yes. And that wasn't just anger, right? It was rage and hatred and pure... Violence. 
some distance might be good for you both. I can do that. Sass, I'm getting that feeling. You want to tell me about it? Terror? Shame? What if he leaves and I can't get him back? What if he's already gone for good? Well, sometimes people leave, Sass. People you love, people you didn't think you could lose. I used to think I had to stop trying to keep people. Stop trying to hold on so tight. I've lost people I care about. I, and I felt like maybe it was my fault. My fault for holding on too tight, wanting too much for them to stay or something. But now, now I, I know that the only way people know we love them, the only way is for us to hold on tight. It's, it's not enough to love someone. You've got to hold on to them. You've got to hold on to what you know about them. You've got to hold on to what they can be. It's okay to hold on, Percy. Really? Yes, really. I know your background didn't really give you a safe place to hold on. Nina gave me a brief overview of your parents, Gramsci, the home. And that nozzle, he... He sure tried to make you feel like it wasn't okay to need people to hold on to them. But if my experience can offer you something else. I offer you my solemn promise as healing warrior, Persephone. It's okay to hold on, to love someone that hard. I don't think you will ever know how much I needed to hear that. Can... Can I hug you, Sass? Yeah. I I think that'd be okay. Listen. I'll hang on to you. You hang on to him. You hear me? Thanks, Topher. I'll keep a space for him. I won't lose him. I know. I know you won't. And for what it's worth, I believe he knows that too. Hey, it's Percy and Feeney here. What you've just heard is a work of fiction, but we know that many listeners are living in a world of pain that isn't fictional at all. At the end of every episode, we're going to include an appendix of sorts. Some things we hope will serve those who live with a reality of fear and pain every day. First, we want to let you know about our website, www.empowering.tools, where we keep an ongoing list of books, websites, hotlines, and many other resources for victims and survivors of toxic relationships. Second, we love to hear from you. If you'd like to share your story with us or let us know how the episode impacted you, we'd love for you to reach out. These are deeply emotional things, and we want to give you a chance to share. We're a small team, so an in-depth response isn't always possible, but we do read every message we receive. Third, if you're in crisis or you need to find an immediate way out, 
please call 800-799-7233 for the National Domestic Abuse Hotline. If your abuser is a parent or a non-romantic relationship, there are other resources we've listed on the website that are just for you. A reminder, emotional violence is still violence. You don't need to have bruises on your body to deserve help, and it's okay to feel what you're feeling when you call. Fourth, be safe. For some, getting out will take planning and time. If you know you need help, do what you need in order to safely get away. Lastly, we know how difficult it can be to believe there's hope on the other side of a toxic relationship. Many on our team know the devastatingly difficult steps it takes to get away from an abusive predator. But there is hope. You don't have to do it alone. If you don't have supportive family or friends, you can still find support at the hotlines we mentioned earlier or at a local hospital or shelter. Thousands of survivors have made it out. Getting out and reclaiming your freedom can be your story. We believe in you. We believe in your future. And And we we believe believe in your right to that freedom. freedom.